Welcome back to another episode of Be Seen, the Astani Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering podcast at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. If this is your first episode, my name is Emily, and I'm a department advisor and co-host of the podcast. Be Seen highlights ongoing research in the department while also giving listeners a sneak peek view into student life. Today, I'm joined by members of the Nest Lab. Dr. Ibuka Nweke, an assistant professor, leads the lab in conducting research at the intersection of geotechnical engineering, earthquake engineering, seismology, and geomorphology. The group's interest includes geomaterials and investigating seismic and other natural disasters at local and regional scales. In today's episode, you'll get to hear from Dr. Nweke and his doctoral student, Piyush Bias. Enjoy! My name is Professor Chukwebuka Nweke, I'm Professor Buka. I am a assistant professor here at USC. I've been here for just about a year now, almost. I do research and conduct research on seismic hazards, earthquake hazards, natural hazards, as well as geotechnical engineering in regards to new age materials, like biomaterials. I'm Piyush Vyas. I'm a first-year PhD student at USC, and I started my PhD last year. I did my undergrad from India, and my research is related to biocementation of sands, specifically microbial-induced calcite precipitation. So that can serve as a sustainable solution to ground improvement, and it's just been a year for me in USC, and it's good. Yes, just so I can lay the groundwork over our research, so my, my research area is kind of like in two prongs right now. With regards to the biocementation, this was research that I did with my PhD. I'm trying to continue, and I'm tasking PU should essentially push it and further this, these ideas that I've had from the PhD, where we're also the properties of these biocementations. We respect not necessarily people look at it from the perspective of, okay, we want the properties for strength and stiffness, but they don't really think about the properties for modeling or properties for execution. These things are very important. And, Piyush is kind of delving into that area. Just to cut overarching, the goal is hazard mitigation. So essentially, Piyush is looking at this bioremediated sense as a form of new age ground improvement, which in the case of what biosimulation does, the main aspect of it for ground improvement is to negate liquefaction due to loose sands and earthquakes. Yeah, so my work is on the biosimulation of sands. So as Professor rightly said that it is a sustainable alternate solution to ground improvement. So my area is specifically microbial-induced calcite precipitation. So what it does is like it induces calcite precipitation between the sand particles using waste product like urea and bacteria or enzymes as a catalyst. So the result is a sand matrix uh, which has increased in strength and stiffness and mechanical properties of sand. So the higher strength and stiffness can serve to minimize the susceptibility to the liquefaction and other ground failure. But to apply this to a field, you need to have some data sets and there is a lack of available data sets right now. So my aim is to fill those gaps and get the mechanical response of biosemantic sense when engineering loads are applied to it. So I will be doing resonant column test on the biosemantic sand specimen to collect more and more data and see how it behaves under different type of loads. So a broader picture of what Piyush is talking about is that when you have soil, you have to build on the soil. You can't build on, you know, they have these sayings religiously that, you know, you build your foundations on rock instead of building your foundation on sand. Well, we have a lot of sand that we have to build foundations on. 
And as a result, in order for us to build on these sands and not have them be washed away by water, we have to make sure that they're strong enough to handle different kinds of loading. So if you're just trying to, with the biosphere, what it does is that it expedites geology. Because in geology, you can have a, a layer of sand that's being compressed over time and it turns into rock due to precipitation from leaching of water or bacteria in the side, whatever. So we're kind of expediting that occurrence in the lab. We're using the bacteria and the osses to essentially convert the sand into a sandstone in some senses. That way you can better resist these loads. So that's kind of the gist of what he's doing. And he's doing it with different methods. So he speaks about the microbial version, which is the bacteria has the enzyme in it. But he's also, what he's been focusing on primarily in the experiments is he's been looking at just the enzyme itself without the bacteria and that, and then doing the same thing. Because you can do the same thing with enzymes. Things are a bit different. Things are faster. You know, rates are faster. So you, you don't have much control because the bacteria acts as a containment. There's some, some people advocate, well, initially they advocate for bringing the bacteria, but now we found, you know, they've been worked recently that's shown that the bacteria is everywhere. You know, bacteria is on the table, it's on our hands. Those bacteria that are readily available all over the world and in the soil can be stimulated to eventually activate that enzyme. And then you can just send these solutions through there and then the chemical reaction takes place. So you can do that. So currently, and Piyush, he mentioned that it's sustainable because currently the way they do it, we just pump concrete into the ground or, or grout, which is also concrete. You know, cement, we point Portland cement into the ground. So in Portland cement, I'm sure you're very aware, has many negative aspects. You know, it's what we have now, it works, but you know, it has impacts as well. I want to take a pause here and really digest what we just heard about Piyush's work and its impact. A lot of the world is covered by sand a material that is not the most structurally sound for buildings and housing. That limits our ability as humans to build in certain environments, or requires support like concrete to be introduced, harming the soil. The environmental impact of concrete is huge. That itself can be an entire podcast episode. But that's why Piyush's work is so important. He's looking for a way to strengthen the existing sand into sandstone to mitigate the need for concrete in these regions. This is a process that naturally takes thousands to millions of years. So Piyush and Dr. Nweke mentioned three ways they're looking into expediting the process. First, bacteria. Introducing a bacteria that could strengthen the material properties of sand. Second, enzymes. For those of us who have not been in biology class for a minute, enzymes are proteins that speed up chemical reactions. Working directly with enzymes speeds things up, but without bacteria to regulate, it's more difficult to control. Third, chemical activation. As Dr. Nueke stated, bacteria is already everywhere. So if there's a chemical that can be introduced into the sand to activate the enzymes in existing bacteria, this may also be a viable solution. While Piyush's work is in its early stages, I think the potential impact cannot be understated. Shifting gears a little from the research, I was also curious to learn more about how they both found their interest in research and the dynamic of their lab. I was always interested in research related to earthquake and hazard mitigation. So during my uh, undergrad, I took a course related to it and it just excited me to work more on it and do research on it. And I could not think of a better place to do a research on earthquake than LA. And USC is a good place because it's near to active falls. And I also got the opportunity to one of the falls in the first semester with Professor Luca. It's good to be here. You get a lot of opportunities. Also, there are a lot of collaborative research work going on with other universities. So as a researcher, you got to explore more and more about the research. 
we have meeting with Professor Nuke every week. And also we have some meetings with other universities like NCSU and UW University of Washington. It's professional, but sometimes like when we go on a field and, and we visit some places. So it's uh, Professor Nuke is very good. He's very friendly. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, um, we've all had this conversation in regards to how we would like to run our group. It's very, you know, we have a very strong mutual respect in the group. I encourage a lot of independent thinking, you know, discussions, debates, you know, if they have a point that they believe in, as long as they can prove to me their point in a very constructive scientific way, then I have no issue with hearing their side of the story. You know, I'm not going to just dismiss something because I feel like they're students, you know, they're the ones that do most of the work. So their points of views and their thought process are actually very important to me. So that's why I encourage them to continue like, you know, one of the things that they tell you that I tell them is always generating questions. So I'll put the question, find, figure out what's going on. What is the problem? Why do you think this is not a good idea? And if you think it's not a good idea, what do you have to support it? So I encourage that quite a bit. So relationship is very, very respectful. Um, as far as like outside, we've, we've had some lunches and stuff, you know, they're still, we're still in the first year. So there's still like a icebreaker scenario. Um, Piyush and I have spent one or two field trips where we've hung out collectively with groups of people and he's seen me interacting with all these people, you know, he's having fun, you know, natural. So our lab is going to grow. We're getting three more students this fall. So they're going to be like the older siblings of the research family. So they're going to have a lot of responsibility of guiding these new people. I mean, how he's doing quite a bit of research. So I've actually, I put him on three projects over the past year. Some of them have kind of taken a break. Some of those projects he's going to have to transfer to the new students because as a first-year grad student, he has been very impressive on how he managed it. It's been stressful for him, but he's managed it, in my opinion, very well. And when the time comes, he was going to have the opportunity to then transfer knowledge, which for him will be very beneficial because he gets to teach somebody something, which when you teach somebody something, you often find out how much you don't know, and it helps you learn how to improve upon yourself. Because if you can't explain to somebody, you realize that I don't know it as well as I should know it, you need to explain it. And that's why I'm, I'm excited for him because he's going to get that opportunity Piyush has been actually equally busy because he's dealing with essentially establishing the experimental side of the research group. So he's working on collaborating quite a bit with not only other universities, but manufacturers in trying to get stuff, you know, synthesized, machine, understanding. So he's getting quite a bit of experience in dealing with what, quote unquote, initial first time researchers deal with. So they both have the equal task of difficulty and they both handled it very well over the past year, I have to say, and while doing very well in their classes. So this has been very, very impressive on how both of them have managed this situation. So relationship is getting good. You know, there's going to be invite over my house in the next maybe two weeks or so for dinner. My, you know, we're going to have baptism to be food. Piyush is vegan. And how and I like to eat everything. So, <laughs> so, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. And over the next four or five years that we're going to spend together here at USC, during that time, there's going to be a significant amount of growth, you know, tenuous learning and enjoyment. So it's going to be a fun time. I'm a big proponent of having a lot of fun while doing stuff. So we're going to get that. The one thing that we haven't done yet, and I'm saving it for them for later once I get better, because I don't want to, so we have to go probably play some basketball at the gym. So we'll see how that works out. Um, right now, my leg is a little weak. I don't want to lose to me. How I mean, how has been very adamant. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. With Dr. Nueke being a professor in the early stages of his career, his first students play a crucial role in establishing the environment. It was exciting to hear that his lab is growing and Piyush was enthusiastic about having more hands on deck to help with the research projects. We're going to have three more people come. So one of the benefits of that is that 
when you have decent sized groups in the beginning of your research, you get the fortune of being able to bounce ideas off of these people, right? So everybody brings individually, and this is why I encourage this independent thinking. Everybody's going to bring their own thoughts. And then during our group meetings, what I'm going to try and synthesize is a time of the week where we all sit and we all watch each other's work. And then we all critique, even though we may not know each other's situations and thought intricacies of their research, they might have, you know, them being the oldest, they're going to have better understanding. So they're probably going to provide more critiques of what people are doing. But over time, as those people learn, they will also be able to get feedback to them as well. So it's going to be a very interesting scenario. And then they have their skill sets. This other three companies will have their skill sets. So they get to essentially form a team. Like, you know, in basketball or football, not one person doesn't win the game. The whole team wins the game collectively with their individual skill sets and how they complement. So I'm actually looking very much forward to that because it's going to be very exciting. It's going to be a great year. I'm excited for it. I'm hoping it is great. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. When you think about a PhD, the first thing that comes to mind is always research. However, there is so much more than that. The PhD journey also exposes students to professional development and networking. Piyush, like many doctoral students, is interested in a career in academia. So in our conversation, Dr. Nueke also shared his thoughts about the motivation and satisfaction of being a faculty member. He discusses the ways he's mentoring and how he's setting his students up with the skills and the connections to be successful in academia. You know, the idea of going to academia and faculty, it's a choice that requires, it could require two things. It requires either being naive or require being very informed about what's actually involved. In both situations, you're going into it and you still don't know what you're going into. I enjoy doing things at a cutting edge. I enjoy doing things that are new. I enjoy doing things that excite me, that interest me. The response that you get from seeing somebody that you've inspired or somebody that's, or you were, you were able to explain something to somebody and they finally capture it. Like, oh, I get it now. You know, there's a, there's a flash in the eyes that you see. It's, it's very, very addictive. It's one of the things that I enjoy a lot. And just like he said, you know, me and him have spoken about that too. Something that we share, we enjoy the aspect of disseminating information and helping people, inspiring people to get better. It's a service, you know, and that's, you know, it's kind of selfish because you're doing it for them, but you're mostly doing it for the response or the reaction of how they feel. And, you know, you may not get it a hundred times. You get it at one time and it overshadows a hundred times you didn't get it because that's how potent it is. So for me going into academia, I knew that, and I worked in industry. I've had a taste of both. I've had a taste of construction. I've had a taste of consulting. And I worked in academia. And I like academia for a couple of reasons. The first is that you have the leeway and the freedom to pursue things that you enjoy, right? To a certain extent, given that you fall along the lines of how the global trajectory of science is going. That's one. Number two, you get to have the opportunity to teach, which some people don't like teaching. And it's a difficult thing, but for those who enjoy it, it gives you opportunity to essentially inspire people all the time and share knowledge. And you can you can essentially share your enthusiasm, and that can be effective to other people. And that's and that's what is a big thing. The same thing with Piyush. You know, teaching is a very enjoyable aspect, especially when you realize that teaching also helps you learn. That's actually when things become even better because you finally realize that even as an educator, you're still a learner. And that cycle is, is, it never ends. You know, they say you're a lifelong learner. That's the second reason. The third reason is because as far as academia is concerned, being a professor, especially in higher education, the ability to move the field forward and collaborate and learn is very, very much so available. And I enjoy that aspect of it. So 
it's primarily just synthesize inspiration and research. Those two things create the ability, and you can again, you can do whatever you want. So that's the reason why faculty is important for me, and that's why I enjoy the job I do. Another thing is that we get to collaborate. So one of the fortunes of working with me, particularly being a young faculty member and also being from the area of Los Angeles and also being very, very well connected to a lot of different places, they get the luxury of being able to meet with people collaboratively outside of USC. They're going to get to work with people in USC no matter what they do, but it's making those connections outside of USC because in the goals of trying to go faculty, you have to be able to show people that people know you and people have to know what work you're doing. So that's good. Piyush has been very, very much involved with collaboration because he meets with people from University of Washington, NC State, UCLA, and he deals with manufacturers, which is very important because then you get to see not only the research side, but you get to see another aspect that maybe people don't even see, even if they're working consulting for a long time, which is dealing with manufacturers. So it's going to be interesting to see how they both determine and create their own domain within the space. And I'm looking forward to seeing how they will grow into those areas. My job as an advisor is to guide them through that, that light and then let them get there. And then when they see it, they're like, oh, I see it. And then it's great. That part is also selfish for me because, you know, everything in life is transactional. You know, so getting them as students, their work is kind of like the currency for me as far as like my trajectory as well. But my personal currency that I'm expecting from them is for them to excel in their own regards because their excellence Efficates my viewpoint because it says, okay, that's what I did actually help them out. So that's, and, and, they, and then they will continue that cycle for their own students or their own workers or their own subordinates and their own colleagues as they go on in life and then just continue to cycle too. So that's the goal. With a new faculty member comes a new lab with new students. Dr. Nueke shared how he's learning to support his students, but I also wanted to hear how Piyush has adjusted in his first year as a PhD student. Every student comes into the PhD with a notion of how it's going to go, but often it requires adjustment to be successful. So one thing that I learned while being a PhD student in my first year is like during the first year or first semester, I had three courses and I was also a teaching assistant. So initially it used to be pretty hectic for me, dealing with meetings, assignments and teaching assistant grading and all that stuff. So one thing that I learned is to deal with PSG, everything is all about time management. You have to manage time properly. You should not extend the deadlines. And as long as you are able to manage the time, you should be good. You should be able to manage work and life at the whole time. Yeah, the one thing you learn, some people are very, very good at time management. You know, time management is it's a skill that's learned, but it's also a skill that can be innate to many people, just in how you conduct yourself. I hope for them that it's, it's maybe slightly innate. For me, time management was never innate. I had to work at time management. So when I got to the faculty stuff, you realize how difficult time management is because you're being pulled in 15,000 different directions. You know, you know, as, you know as, as a faculty, you have to deal with the admin side. You have to deal with helping your students out. You have to deal with dealing with, especially as a new faculty, building your lab, acquiring equipment. And even from acquiring equipment, you also have to deal with papers and all the other things that come with it. Meetings, you know, trying to meet, you know, connect with colleagues. There's a lot of things that you have to do as a faculty. And so it, it's a recurrent theme. I knew that it took a lot of time. I didn't know how much time it would take until I actually got here. <laughs> so time management continues. 
I was very bad at work life balance like I used to gather some work for the weekends also but now I am getting better at it and I like to spend weekend apart from my work and focus on the work during the weekdays and like to wrap up it till friday so that I can chill at the weekend because it's important that you should not burn out with the work uh, initially because psg is a long journey around 5 years so you should be able to balance your work and life at the same time and what what does that time away from research look like uh, so i like playing badminton so i mostly spend my time in the weekends like play badminton with some friends and explore la <laughs> get some time outside you know as a faculty when you get students oftentimes you never know how closely your personalities align with the people that actually join your group in the case of Piyush now it's like you know the work life balance is very important i haven't been successful as him in separating time because stuff always bleeds over there's nothing you can do about it but there's sometimes where you have to essentially you sit down and you realize that you have to let go of the work at some point because it's going to be there when you come back right group guarantee there's no deadline at the time but Sometimes you just have to say, okay, I'll take care of this, whatever that I was requested of me. I'll take care of it tomorrow. Today, I'm going to take time to relax myself, chill out, you know. And you need to do these things. And I, I encourage both of them a lot. And they'll tell you, I'm not the kind of guy that's, I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, you got to be in the lab eight hours, 10 hours a day, every day of the week. You know, I'm not that guy because I understand that burnout is dangerous. It goes against the fuel that you have for yourself, you know. Everybody always has doubt. Doubt already eats away at the fuel of your inspiration and motivation. That's what doubt does. Your goal is to try and diffuse the doubt on a regular basis. Whatever doubt you have, you know, you replace it with assertive thoughts of who you are. I've gotten this far. I'm here. I'm doing this well. I can do well. Because the doubt will always eat at you. It's something that they deal with as students. I deal with as a faculty. People deal with, even as deans, they deal with this. So you have to essentially fight that every day. But when you burn yourself out, all you're doing is creating another hole that your motivation and inspiration just fall into and, you know, deplete. So you have to make sure you balance yourself out. Like I was telling them sometime in the summer, they should definitely go back to their homes. You know, views from India. I tell them, you know, the flights are expensive right now. The flights are so expensive. Oh my God. I don't know how they're going to do it with the flights because I don't know how I'm going to do it with the flights. But I encourage them if they can't go home, at least spend some time where you take maybe a week away from research. You go work on yourself, do some hobbies, whatever. Because it's very, very important. And I'm, I understand that it's necessary to avoid that burnout. I'm not a proponent of that. There's more to life than just 24-7. So I'm happy that they're able to manage their time with their outlets, however they deal with it. Because I, I do the same thing. You know, one of the things that they say, when you're single and by yourself, it's actually the easiest time of your life. You know, a lot of people think that when you're single and by yourself, they oh, loneliness is killing me and all these things. It's actually a very good time for you to spend and appreciate who you are, what you have. Being by yourself and single gives you the opportunity to essentially evaluate. If you're taking the time and you're not chasing all kinds of different things, you get the time to evaluate who you are, what your goals are in life, and how you're going to pursue and accomplish those things. So that's what being single is. At some point when you figure that out, then you get somebody, you know, and then you guys work it together. I didn't do that. <laughs> I spent a little bit of time reflecting on myself. It was good to have me reflect, but then I've, I've been in a relationship with my wife. We've been together since I was 17, 18 years old. So I've always had a two-body problem. Now it's a three-body problem. <laughs> so for me, I'm used to it. You know, they say usually when you're dealing with something and you're used to a certain level of stress, right? You manage at that level all the time. 
So I can manage the, you know, being poor, you know, you know, I have to be able to serve myself, serve my students, serve the school. And then I have also have to serve my wife. I have to serve my daughter, my sisters, my brothers, my mother. And also because I'm in LA, all my family is here. I still have those ties, you know, you know, being the oldest is also a very important role in certain families, particularly tradition. So I manage a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of business. I would say I use that word very loosely. But what it comes down to is like sometimes you just have to be like, okay, you know what? It's going to be disappointing. You try your best to meet deadlines. But at some point, you have to prioritize what's due now, what's due later. What can I finish now? What can I postpone? So I manage those things very well. That's one of the things about being a faculty that I didn't mention earlier is the flexibility. It's very important. You know, my wife also works. Daughter doesn't go to school yet. She starts school in August. So that's going to be an interesting school runs become a situation. So, you know, these are... I would say there's no answer to the best way to do it. You know, I'm sure if you speak to our department chair, Professor Peserik, she'll tell you it's a whirlwind of situations. Uh, she has three boys. <laughs> so, you know, I only have one and I'm and it's crazy. So it's a work in progress. That's how I, I like to define it. You know, when you have most people that depend on you and that you need to take care of, it becomes like, you know, we'll figure it out. Things will go. It'll work out. As long as you're working towards a good goal, everything works. I'm a big proponent. That's my philosophy is that, if you don't know where you're going, take the best step at the time. Because at some point, you may not see the path that you're going, but if you take the best step and you keep doing that, hopefully by faith, you always end up further along where you are, but hopefully end up in a better place further along. That's my philosophy. Um, it's worked out so far. So we'll see how it goes. Every day is a busy day for any faculty member or doctoral student. So I want to give a huge thank you to you both, Dr. Nueke and Piyush, for taking the time to sit down and share your thoughts. Our previous episode highlighted more established labs, so I hope listeners appreciated a different perspective from people just starting their careers. I'm excited to see how the group and your work develops. And thank you listeners for tuning in. Don't forget to hit subscribe to get notified of when our podcast episodes release. See you next time. Bye! Bye!